Welcome to the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, everybody. Yes, Thanksgiving is just a day away. And you are to be very afraid. You are to be terrified. You're not supposed to see family members stay at home. If you don't do this, the people in charge are telling you you don't care about your loved ones. This is quite a period in our history, isn't it? Never really thought that we'd reach a point where the government would have to be told that they can't tell you to do absolutely anything, that there are some limits as they set up checkpoints and enforce testing and have these rolling lockdowns and on-the-spot quarantines. This stuff is completely nuts, friends. And I understand the death rate now is high from COVID. I understand that there's a spike in cases. We've been getting ready for this for months. We've known that there was this possibility. How many times have you heard about the so-called second wave? But they're telling you to sacrifice Thanksgiving. Why just Thanksgiving? Uh, notice that this is their latest thing. It, it's the this is the panic of the moment. Let's give up this one day. Thanksgiving is now 15 days to slow the spread, but it's just one day. We're going into a winter here where it's going to be months of this. Everyone needs to understand there's going to be at least at least 90 days here where there's there's not enough of the vaccine out there, even if it gets distributed in December to really control the to, to control the virus in a meaningful way and so it's not it's not really about just one day it's about many days it's about they're going to say it this one time because when you don't do what they tell you they're going to they're going to tell you that it's it's your fault and that's why there's these cases it could have all gone away but you didn't listen to fauci when it came to thanksgiving travel You've got 6.3 million Americans that are currently flying, 48 million uh, driving in cars, 350,000 estimated to be traveling by train for the holidays. So, yes, there's there's transit all all over the country that is going on right now. But the cases have been spiking for weeks and weeks. We're 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 ahead of Thanksgiving and the cases are going nowhere but up despite the lockdowns, despite the mask mandates, despite the fact that we're doing more testing than ever before remember when if we just were testing more it was all trump's fault if we did more testing everything would have been so much better and i kept saying what what does testing do other than give you a sense of whether you yourself are sick at a point in time first of all testing is not perfect as you know but beyond that it doesn't stop the virus from spreading it's not oh we tested this person we got it that was back in the old test and trace days when they were going to find out everyone who has COVID and everyone they've talked to and quarantine all of them. And think about the delusions of control that go into that. Think about this prospect that the government was going to be able to track, what, hundreds of thousands of people, every physical contact they have. And once they've tracked them, what do they do then? Tell everybody, don't go out, don't go to the store, don't see anyone. You're going to quarantine too. It doesn't work it's not working I, I mean am i saying anything that's not self-evident is there anything here that i'm seeing that everyone else is not seeing and you think that it would be done after thanksgiving you think that when we got to christmas they'd say you know what take take precautions this virus is going to spread we can't stop it but uh, enjoy your christmas enjoy your hanukkah enjoy the holidays you think they'd say that no of course not 
This is what I mean by it's 15 days to slow the spread all over again, except the one day is Thanksgiving. It's this one time. That's what they're pretending, at least. We know that's not true. We know that next week they're still going to be saying, wear that mask and don't go anywhere and don't see anyone. And you can't run a society this way. Right. The, the, the little the little petty totalitarians that think that they can just give orders and dictates and that people are all going to obey. There aren't enough cops. There aren't enough agents of the state, public health bureaucrats. They can't do this, even if they wanted to, because human behavior is not going to entirely change. We're not going to freeze society in place. I know they like that term more than lockdown now, because lockdown does bring up ideas of prison, because that's where the term comes from. And people realize that that's something you do to punish people. Right. So we're all being punished because there's an aerosolized virus that. 999 people out of a thousand who get will survive. That's where we are. Now, I understand that still means in a country of 330 million people, there are a lot of folks out there who are at risk from this, but they're going to be at risk no matter what the government says, no matter what Fauci says. This, this is the part that they won't tell you. This is the part that they won't discuss out loud. They pretend, oh, don't worry, we've got this. This is the illusion of state control. They cannot protect you from this it is most likely that individuals will get this from a family member and that family member may get it completely innocuously by just going about their lives and being around other human beings you you cannot be fully protected from this you know what's really important to protect yourself actually and they never discuss this although it does appear in some of the very boilerplate health propaganda i see you know posters at the office i'm going into an office every day i'm around people yes i'm i'm in i'm in uh, cars i'm uh you know going to places where there are other human beings and there is the possibility that i could get sick i understand that and there's no guarantee that if i get sick i'll beat it or that i won't have long covid or whatever they're calling it now when it extends i i get all this but i'm not going to hide in my room until the until dr fauci tells me that it's safe to come out i'm not going to do that there is no perfect safety from a virus just like there's no perfect security when we were all concerned about terrorism in the wake of 9-11 right remember that you're seeing some similar themes play out here the government taking more and more power into its hands and yes violating the constitution doing things it should not be able to do but we were scared and we faced what we thought was an existential threat so we allowed for that overreach but eventually you'll notice we realized it wasn't necessary and we pushed back and we got rid of some, but not certainly not all, perhaps even uh, not even a majority of the government overreach that re- resulted from that. Right? We understand that this is the natural inclination of a state authority. It's going to say, do what we tell you and we'll make everything better. Have you felt like that's happened during this period? Are you going to listen to the public health experts that are shutting down California outdoor dining? Why? They're just punishing people, don't you see? That's the step they take because what they've told the people of California to do before didn't work. So what do they do? Go to a more extreme level to make it seem like they're doing something. And then when people don't adhere to this perfectly, which they will not, they'll say, well, we could have saved all of you, but you didn't listen. The alternative to this, understand, is that there are a lot of people whose jobs are in public health, jobs are are supposed to mean that they come up with ideas to save so many lives here. And they have to admit, we've completely, completely botched this whole thing. 
We didn't see it coming. We didn't prepare adequately. We didn't know what to do in the early days, in the early months. We've locked down when it wasn't a good idea, when it was already spreading all over the place and it was too late. We tried test and trace far too deep into the game. Wasn't going to do anything. Wasn't going to turn it around. Florida doesn't have a mask mandate. Florida doesn't have a lockdown right now the way that other states do. And I see reporting on it that says Florida's cases are spiking. See, Florida doesn't have a mask mandate and its cases are spiking. Well, other major states of similar similar population are spiking much more than Florida. But they leave that out because people just want to believe that they're right. People just want to believe that what they thought, because they're smart, you know, they really think about this stuff. What they've thought in the past has been verified by the information, by the facts as it plays out. You can stay home for Thanksgiving if you want. That's your right. That is your liberty. You can make that choice. You cannot see anyone. You can stay home. You know, the human beings, we can last much longer than we realize with just if we got fresh water and you, know, you don't even you don't even need much in the way of calories. Right. So if you don't want to leave your home for a couple of weeks, I, mean, I probably should not eat for a week or two. I'd really trim down quickly. I mean, there's there's plenty of ways you could avoid human contact if you chose to do so. But, you know, intermittent fasting style, right? You just avoid you avoid eating for four or five days. Don't go to the grocery store. Stay away from everybody on Thanksgiving. But I'm, I'm trying to get everyone to think about this in terms of what's already happened and what's going to happen after this. Do you think that if you just stay home for Thanksgiving, you're, you're safe from this? You think that if you just stay home for Thanksgiving, they're not going to tell you next week or next month, uh, get ready to not see all your loved ones during Christmas? You know, there are a lot of people, if you look at you know, a- annual mortality rates, there are a lot of people for whom this will be their last Christmas in America. That's the truth. There are a lot of people for whom this may be their last Thanksgiving. Because they're at that phase in life where we are all heading. We are we are all united in this one thing and that we will not live forever. Should they be allowed to make decisions? I just spoke to a a friend who was telling me that he's not his mother's desperately ill in the hospital has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with covid, uh, but not allowed to go see her uh, because of covid. Can't go see her. Can't visit his own mother in the hospital because of covid restrictions. What? She doesn't have covid. Sorry, not allowed. You know, at what point do we look at the inhumanity of some of these decisions? And remember, they were making you the same people that are now telling you stay home, don't go out for Thanksgiving. They were making Americans say goodbye to loved ones via Zoom, couldn't go to the hospital and see them. Sorry, rules are rules. But they didn't have a lot to say. Those same public health authority, those same uh, those same organs of the state didn't have much to say when BLM was running around by the thousands and thousands packed together shouting and screaming and protesting all over the place right that was necessary for public health they told us i haven't forgotten that i'm never going to forget that because they're frauds they're frauds how do you think tyranny comes about do you think tyranny comes about because people just wake up one day and say i don't want to have any freedom i don't want to be able to make any of my own choices no there's always some opportunity that's seized upon there's there's a reason that people are angry or they're scared or they're vengeful There's a reason that a society is able to succumb to that. And it's because of an external enemy, usually, or it's because of internal enemies, right? It's because of some alleged fifth column inside of a society. In this case, the fifth column is the virus, or in this case, the the invisible enemy that we face is the one that's allowed for so much overreach and unconstitutional mandates and lockdowns. They act like they're so clever. There's nothing that says that you can't 
mandate a mask in state government and we look at them and say, yeah, there's just not being crazy. There's just understanding that government can't mandate that you do. There's no prohibition on everyone having to do 100 pushups every morning. I mean, the government could pass a mandate that says that, but we expect they won't. That, that's our that's our, our reasonable person expectation of government. But even if they want to play that game, I would say, what about prohibitions on gathering for religious ceremonies, for funerals, for weddings? That's in the Constitution. What what state government thinks it's allowed to override that on what basis these are extreme infringements upon constitutional liberty that's what's going on i'm sorry that there is a terrible virus out there and that a lot of people are scared and a lot of people are getting sick it is no one's fault but liberty is not a suggestion this isn't something that we're supposed to just let slip through our fingers because things are tough right now Freedom isn't free, my friends, and right now we are paying quite a price for it, and we can either have it at the end, or we can accept that the state can take us from us on a, take it from us on a whim. Those are your choices. That, and I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and don't forget to visit BuckSexton.com. For the last few days, we've had a steady increase in the number of cases. There is no question that patients are coming into the hospital. They're coming in sicker, and they're coming in sicker because, you know, they're waiting longer to come to the hospital. They're tired of, uh, of corona. You know, they have what I call the corona fatigue syndrome. Everybody's tired of corona, so they wait. They wait longer. My, uh, unfortunately, my concerns for the next six to 12 weeks is that if we don't do things right, America is going to see the darkest days in modern American medical history. We're having the largest number of uh, patients. We have been helping the people from El Paso, so we've been getting a lot of patients uh, being flown in to our hospital. My hospital is full. I just opened two new wings so that I can accommodate for the next few days because I know that a lot of people are going to get sick after Thanksgiving. Okay. We've heard a lot of this before, and I think it's interesting here that that was a doctor on CNN. He's telling you uh, a few a few points that I look. He's a doctor. I'm not. But let's just look at what he says as people that can listen and come to their own conclusions. If we don't do the right thing, we're going to be in the darkest days here of medical history in America. That's what he's saying, which or, or at least modern modern America. Yeah, not it's obvious. This is nowhere near as bad as the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918, despite what the media says. Uh, it's not not even close. Um, we have a much smaller population. That fatality rate was was an, an order of magnitude or two uh, less than or more rather than what we have right now. So now let's get to what he says. Um, if we don't do the right thing, then we're going to be in this very bad place. Have we not been doing the right thing? I just want to know all, all of the evidence suggests that we're doing all this stuff. We've been doing all the stuff that the doctors have been telling us. Wear that mask, social distance, wear that mask everywhere you go. It is like it's like living in a covid obsessed North Korea. I can't stand in my elevator without seeing the little little foot pads on the floor. I'm serious. There are foot pads that show you how far apart to stand in an elevator. I'm sorry. I I don't usually stand so close to somebody that I can Biden sniff their neck. I don't need to be told this, but it's everywhere. Wash your hands, social distance, wash your hands, mask up, social. We've been doing this. And yet here we are. It's before Thanksgiving. 
So there can be no talk about how Thanksgiving already has been the, the big keynote of transmission. We're before Thanksgiving and they're telling us if we don't do the right thing, then it's going to get really bad. I'm here to tell you that it's going to probably get really bad either way. And they're never going to admit that doing the right thing is is at this point an absurd statement, because what have we been doing? How, how many more masks can you wear? I have I've, you can go back. You can check on my Twitter before they start banning me for being one of the only people that will talk about this stuff. Honestly, there are others. I was just uh, texting with Alex Berenson last night and talking to him about his new book that's coming out. We'll have him on the show soon. Jesse Kelly has been rock solid on this issue. There, there, there are others. There are people who will speak about this just as non brainwashed individuals. I'm, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I know what's not true. I know what's not real. And we're supposed to ignore so much of that. And that's why I know there's a problem here. That's why I know there's an issue. You know, they act like if we don't listen to them on this one thing, it's it's our fault. What does that even mean? It's our fault in, in what way? We're just trying to live our lives. We, we didn't appoint any group of MDs, Fauci or otherwise, America's COVID dictators. That's not what we signed up for. There, there's no clause in the Constitution that says that you have all these liberties and government shall not trans, uh, uh transgress shall not trespass upon them unless dr fauci says it's going to be like a really bad thanksgiving you know then all of a sudden your rights go away no that's not the way that it works so they're they're already telling you and you can check on my twitter that uh what i was saying maybe a couple months ago that they're you need to wear better masks that's the problem dr scott gottlieb former fda chairman big uh, md that's constantly cited in the news he just said it a couple days ago gotta wear a better mask you see that's the problem oh Oh, gee, that wasn't predict. Oh, no, that's right. I did predict that. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. This morning, we have over 88,000 people in this country hospitalized with COVID. That number is growing rapidly. Every place is like Minnesota, and Minnesota is like every place. That's what we have to understand right now, is that people have to take this seriously. Uh, and I have to tell you, I think many of us in this business, who are pretty hardened public health officials, have cried more tears collectively over the past weeks, talking to, working with, trying to support our frontline health care workers who have been heroes, who at this point are trying to pull as many 16-hour shifts a week as they can because we're show short staff. The public has to understand that. There may be beds, there may be rooms, but there won't be the doctors and nurses to take care of you. And then we're going to see the death rate go up substantially. Please take this seriously. Don't swap air at this point. That's the key message we can get across. Why don't they just say, let's do 15 days to slow the spread again if hospital capacity is at risk? I, I mean, this. ask yourself that question. If, if we're really going to have no doctors. That was a Biden advisor on COVID, Michael Osterholm. There's so much about this that I find offensive. Honestly, uh, are the people who are getting sick? Did they not take it seriously? Is that now the new that the new uh, line from the lockdowners? You, you didn't, it's your fault. You didn't take it seriously. I mean, there are other politicians who have said as much. You know, the, the stuff that the Democrats were saying about anyone who they think got sick at a Trump rally, for example, uh, was was horrific. It, it's their fault, right? Well, is it people? Is it everyone who's getting sick now? Is it their fault? That's what these psychopaths seem to be saying. And this uh, Osterholm guy, we've heard all this before. 
It, it sounds they're, they're revving this up so that it sounds uh, like they did in the middle of March. That's what we're getting. That's where we're heading back to right now. They're saying the most covid deaths since May. But remember, May was when the numbers started dropping precipitously across the country. So uh, but they're they're saying that this is now threatening to overwhelm hospitals that you may not be able to get care. And if that's true, I just want to know why aren't we currently being told that we we have to we have to just shut everything down for 15 days. Because people like me would say, hold on a second, we did that before and did it work? It did not. Remember 15 days to slow the spread? Oh, the, first of all, the hospitals were never were never actually overwhelmed. This this uh, this doctor that I, I had the soundbite on from before uh, Osterholm says that he his hospital is full. He had to open two new wings. Well, no, what that is, is that hospitals keep an expansion capacity this is they're not trying to operate. They, they don't keep 100 empty ICU beds staffed and ready at all times in hospitals. Right. They keep whatever they think they'll need for that period of time. And they have a, a, a capacity to staff up and expand when needed. So what he when he says my hospital is full, what he means is that my usual level of staffing is insufficient for this particular hospital's needs. Hence his statement. I mean, just go with what he said. We had to open two new wings. OK. Yes, we have both the also the, the flu is apparently gone. I'm just I haven't seen any stories at all on the flu. We're right. We're in flu season. Have you seen anything about the flu? I don't I haven't seen anything about the flu. I'm not saying COVID is a flu. I'm just pointing out. There's probably a couple of reasons why hospitals are seeing this influx right now, but it's all being pushed on COVID. And yes, fact, the flu kills tens of thousands of Americans every single year you know i've been alive for 38 years and the flu has killed tens of thousands of americans every single year of my life and in some cases more like 60 to 100,000 but in a, in a particularly bad year right now i'm just noticing that there's no there's no talk about this at all it's only covid that we're blaming for all of the surgeon hospitals and i'm sure it is a majority of it and everything else i'm not trying to get beyond where the facts or where the truth is on this, I'm just saying there's a narrative that's being formed here. And it's more than just based upon the facts and data that come in. Right. The, why, why not go with uh, 15 days to slow the spread at this point? Why not? Why not tell us that that's if they're really worried that hospitals are going to be overwhelmed, go with a full on shelter in place order. California it has got lockdown orders in place uh, as of tonight or as of today. And I can tell you this much right now. They're still going to have cases when they come out of this. It's not really going to stop anything. The only real argument here would be we have to we have to go into shutdown until the vaccine is in wide enough, wide enough distribution. But people wouldn't go for that. They just wouldn't say, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do a lockdown for 90 days. At least 90 days. They would say no. So what do the public health authorities keep doing? Just give us. Just do this one thing. Just be responsible this one time. Keep your relatives alive one, one week longer by not seeing them this time. We promise at some point in the future, you know, people are, are, are they're just tired of this. They're tired of it. They, they don't want to live with the constant fear and the anxiety anymore. Other people, I suppose, have just become adapted to it. 
and they figure that this is the way to go and they want to listen to the public health authorities. They want to listen to the doctors and and whatever they tell them, they'll do. You know, notice that some of the worst and dumbest people in our leadership class are the biggest purveyors of panic and fear over this. Here's uh, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, play 14. Well, if I'm saying to people, and I'm going to talk about my family, but the first thing I'm saying to everyone is uh, do not travel. Uh, stay local. Keep it small. If you love people, if you love your extended family, help them stay alive so we can all celebrate together in person next year. Because I really believe by next Thanksgiving we'll be in uh, the kind of situation we can all come back together. So in my case, I would normally travel for Thanksgiving. I'm not going to. I'm going to be missing some of the people that are closest to me in the world that I would always see on Thanksgiving. I hate it, but I want to keep them safe. That's right. If you see your family members, uh, you're putting their lives at risk. That's what the that's what the message is. Now, keep in mind that for a lot of people, they're around their family every single day. I know this is a shock to coastal elites and people that watch CNN, but there are multi-generational families that exist where there are six, eight, ten, maybe more people living in the same household. And they're still going out to the grocery store they're showing up to their jobs they're doing things they're out there mixing what are they going to do not live not engage in in normal uh, day-to-day activities that they need to for life i mean i know we can't be normal we can't go to gyms and we gotta wear masks we gotta but i'm saying are, are they really just supposed to stay in their in their room like we're all uh, like like we're teenagers who have been grounded is is that the answer here that's the best that these Brilliant health authorities can come up with friends. If I thought this stuff would really work and would change the trajectory of this virus, I'd say, look, I, I and I was to be fair. I thought 15 days to slow the spread. That argument made sense to me. And when the Trump team and the, uh, the Trump White House was behind it, I figured, OK, I didn't like it when they extended it past uh, when they extended it past Easter Sunday. Remember that? That was a big I was saying, no, no, no. We got I think we got to we got to open things up now. This is crazy. We can't keep doing it. And then they extended it and extended it. People forget now the whole the whole game is to make you think that you have your freedom back. But you really haven't this whole time. There have been all kinds of restrictions in place, especially in the big blue states. You haven't been able to go do normal activities. So understand that they keep acting like, oh, we all just went back to life and now we're paying the price for it. No, I, I can't walk out my fr- I, I literally cannot leave my building, walk out my front door without wearing a mask unless I want to, you know, deal with the wrath of the city health authorities and the Karens who live in my building. So, no, it is not normal. We have not been living normal life and the cases are skyrocketing anyway. So what's their answer for this? I just want I just want the government to stop being tyrannical and i want people to be making their own choices and understand that there's no perfect security there's no perfect safety and we are all on borrowed time at some level i mean that doesn't mean you're reckless it doesn't mean you forget that as i've been saying if you're sick stay away from your relatives stay away from everybody you know if you think you have a cold don't assume it's a cold stay away from people and i hope they'd say oh but what about asymptomatic transmission i know it's not a perfect world but if we just had sick people that would know I'm sick and I'm going to stay away from people who are healthy. That would help a lot. I think, unfortunately, there are people who go, oh, I've just got a bad cough, but it's not. No, maybe it is COVID. So if you're sick, stay away from people. If you have a, a relative who's 
you know, in her in her 80s and has diabetes or you have a, you know, a great uncle who's in his late 70s and who's, you know, severely overweight. Yeah. Don't, you know, give him a big hug and cover him in kisses this Thanksgiving. I mean, of course, you know, we, we should act the way we would if we knew that there was, let's say, a really bad flu out there. We should we should take those similar precautions. But this is way beyond that. I knew that this would become the big fight and that Biden and you know, I know the transition's going on. Now we'll be talking about that in a second. It wouldn't make all this go away. I knew that. But it's even it's even more extreme in some ways than I anticipated. Uh, this lockdown mentality from the government. And they're going to do this stuff again. They're going to use these newly found powers for other purposes. You know it. So we can either have this fight now or we can accept a future where we're all told where our feet can go in the elevator, in our office or in our building, where our feet can go in the grocery store like we're all a bunch of idiot children. That's what the government's doing to us. And has it worked? I just ask you that question. They've been doing this to us now for eight months straight. Has it worked? I don't think so. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast. Do you think that even though the journos are all convinced that Trump is finished as president, it's all over? And they may they may be right. I I live in reality. It's not looking good right now. And people keep emailing me or sending messages to me. Look, I, a team, you can always reach out, ask me anything you want. And I always try to respond to you either on the show or, or for individual messages as, as much as I can. But uh, there's no reason to believe right now that there's going to be some knockout blow from the legal team. Uh, We haven't seen it. It might happen, but we haven't seen it. And things are trending toward Biden. I I hate saying it. I I know I I don't want to say this stuff, but it's it's the way it is. It is the way it is. Uh, But there's there's not even a little bit of a let up here for. okay. so if they really believe Trump is a lame duck president, if he's a lame duck president, Is he just allowed to pardon a turkey? Can you let the lame duck pardon a turkey without making it into some some uh, opportunity to shout about how orange man bad? Nope. The journals cannot do that. Play two. Pardons before leaving office. Will you be interesting? A pardon for yourself. Mr. President, are, are, are you are you uh, are you issuing a pardon for yourself? Are you issuing a pardon for yourself? Right. He can't pardon the turkey without them saying, hey, orange man, bad criminal. Are, are you going to abuse your authority to make sure that we can investigate and harass you afterwards? It is an interesting question, because does Trump care what they think? No, he does not. And do I think there's a a real possibility that when he leaves office, they will come after him with some kind of remember, they don't have to prove anything about illegal conduct from Trump to ruin his life, his family's lives. All they have to do is investigate you. What have we learned during Trump? The process is the punishment from the deep state. That was always a part of this. That's all. That's always been the reality that we were facing, that we were dealing with. The process is the punishment. We know that. We know that. So that's why I think it's interesting you have uh, Matt Gates. Here he is on 
the president and possible pardons. Play 17. President Trump should pardon Michael Flynn. He should pardon the Thanksgiving turkey. He should pardon everyone from himself to his administration officials to Joe Exotic if he has to, because you see from the radical left a bloodlust that will only be quenched if they come after the people who worked so hard to animate the Trump administration with the policies and the vigor and the effectiveness that delivered for the American people. Yeah. And so I think that the president ought to wield that pardon power effectively and robustly. There are reports out right now that President Trump is going to pardon General Flynn. And it's I understand the people who say, oh, he waited up to this point because he wanted Flynn to just beat it in court. But you see, this is where my whole the process is the punishment. This is a perfect example of that. Right. The the Kafkaesque nightmare that they have put General Flynn through. To, this was meant to be a warning to anybody who would support Trump. This was meant to be a warning. What happens when you step out of line and you challenge the political elites in the establishment? They will fling you. That was the whole point of this. And unfortunately, the message was successful in a sense, or at least their plot was successful. Because why did this judge, uh, Emmett Sullivan, why would Judge Sullivan keep extending and extending and, and do this unprecedented lunatic stuff where he brings in someone else to argue as part of an amicus brief against the decision that the DOJ had taken. I mean, it's crazy. This was all just to keep extending it out because we all know that if General Flynn, uh, if General Flynn was, if they continue this into a Biden administration, you, you think he could count on a pardon then? Judge Sullivan could still just sentence him. He could still do that. He has that power. He could say, oh, I take the guilty plea. I'm sentencing you now. And he doesn't even have to give him prison time. But he could say, yeah, you're a convicted felon now. You think that Joe Biden would pardon General Flynn, even though it couldn't be any more obvious that this was a political hit. It was a political hit all along. But that's why they kept extending it out, extending it out. Hope that maybe you get a Democrat who comes into office and then you then you're just putting Flynn in the meat grinder. Right. That's the idea here. These people are sick. I mean, they really have a problem. They, there's a there's a lack of basic American to American fundamental human decency from leftists who have this, as Matt Gates call it, uh, called it uh, bloodlust for General Flynn and, and others. They're really sick. I mean, there's something emotionally and psychologically damaged about them where they can't think to themselves, what is General Flynn's crime exactly? There was no crime. What do we put him through? Hell. What did he do for his country? Served it for 30 years. How is this justice? Oh, yeah. Orange man bad. That's how it's justice. These people are lunatics. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Let's get to some happy times, shall we? Uh, unfortunately, happy times for the libs and the left, not for you and me, but does tell you a lot about their the seriousness with which they approach their job of being journalists. Oh, yes, they are journalists. They're so serious. They speak truth to power. The fourth estate, as we know, they're not really the fourth estate. They're a fifth column. But nonetheless, uh, they're so pleased. And you're already seeing and get ready for this in the in the uh, would be Biden administration. 
right? We're, we're going to say that there's a Biden transition that's happening. So let's just play this out in the incoming Biden administration that they see. Uh, there's going to be such a love fest. I mean, the way that they're going to cover these often boring, self-dealing, uh, arrogant and incompetent government officials. It's going to all the rage that they had for Trump is going to be transferred into love and slobbering support for uh, the Biden team, the Biden administration, everybody who's got who's got anything to do with Joe Biden, all of them are going to be treated like they're here. And if you, if you think I'm uh, exaggerating, here's a PBS reporter, a reporter. That's that's what her title is. I checked. She's actually a, a person who's or maybe correspondent, but same thing. She's actually a, a journalist, not an opinion person uh, talking about Biden's swampy cabinet picks. Play three. The other thing I'll just say is I was talking to a Democrat who just said this also felt like the Avengers. It felt like we're being rescued from this, this <laughs> craziness that we've all lived through from the last four years. And now here are the superheroes to come and save us all. Yes, these these Biden picks are like the Avengers. They're going to save us all. Save us all from what exactly? From uh, from uh, years of of peace uh, on the international relations and, and national security front of the destruction of the Islamic State, which Trump gets very little credit for accelerating dramatically, which he did. What what are they saving us from? Um. You know, that's that's what I would want to know. I, I think it's I think it's important to ask that. Are, are they going to save us by intervening in foreign countries and trying to rebuild them by, by spreading democracy again through the Middle East? Massive bipartisan failure on that front. Not a good idea. What, what are they going to do? Jake Sullivan? I mean, look at these people that they're putting Tony Blinken They're They're going to do what exactly? How are they going to make everything better for you? Well, if you listen to to John Kerry uh, or sorry, if you listen to Biden, rather, John Kerry is as the climate czar, which is just hilarious that they're actually going to have John Kerry, who I assure you is a guy who has not flown coach in a plane in you know decades. Or if he has, it was like by accident because the private jet was having mechanical problems. This is a private jet flying limousine lib extraordinaire. And he's going to be the climate czar, sure. Um, but here, Biden's telling you that John Kerry is going to be a game changer for climate. Play 15. For the first time ever, he will be, there will be a principal on the National Security Council who can make sure climate change is on the agenda in the Situation Room. For the first time ever, we'll have a presidential envoy on climate. He will be matched with high-level White House climate policy coordinator and policy-making structure to be announced in December. And that will lead efforts here in the United States to combat the climate crisis, mobilize action to meet the existential threat that we face. Let me be clear. I don't for a minute underestimate the difficulties of meeting my bold commitments to fighting climate change. But at the same time, no one should underestimate for a minute my determination to do just that i really ask you to just take a moment and think about how insane this sounds and, and i mean really the the rhetoric and the way they you know my 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 bold commitments to to fight climate what they're talking about the weather 
right? You, we all get that. They're, they're talking about weather systems over long periods of time, and they keep changing the data reading to make it seem like terrible things are happening. Are, are you really that worried about climate change? I, I, depending on where you are in the country, I'm sure you have the winter is cold, the summer is hot. And even if it's not that big of a temperature variation for you, it feels like it because that's where you've been. Is it really that different? Does it does it feel like anything is going on here? That's I mean, oh, my gosh. But I, I think it's important that everyone understands what we're facing with this climate change stuff, because the mentality that you see right now with covid which is an imminent threat. This is going to be expanded. They're, they're really going to use this in terms of government control as a dry run. They're using it as a dry run for what they're going to do with. They say it's an I'm using their words. I'm quoting them to you. It's an existential threat to humanity. That's that's the standard. They ask people this like they're asking them, you know, are you a member of such and such a religion? You know, the answer is like, yes or no. You know, Buck, are you a Catholic? Yes. Right. It's not Buck. Are you a Catholic? Eh, like some days I'm a Buddhist. Some days I'm a I'm a, I'm a Muslim. Some days I'm, you know, no, it's, it's a yes or no. question. And they ask you it this way. Do you believe in climate change? Yes. Oh, well, then you're then you're signing on for all this other stuff. Or, or they'll even take it further now because that's a little bit that sounds a little bit boring. Right. Because people like me will say, yeah, I believe in I absolutely believe in climate change. I think it's not a threat to humanity. And I think there's basically nothing that we should be doing or need to do to stop it. But, yeah, I believe in climate change, of course. So they, they know that that neutralizes. Oh, and we're all supposed to be in hysterics. So now it's is it an existential threat to humanity? Let's let's look at their words. Existential threat. Will human beings be wiped? Will we be wiped from existence unless we have massive government mandates about electric cars and ending fossil fuels and. You know, they, they have all these all these bold mandates they talk about. Right. And, and how are they going to implement all this stuff? How are they going to transform society? And remember, you, you think that industrializing nations uh, or you know countries that are, are developing very rapidly right now, you think China and India and Indonesia and name it, name a large population country that's still trying to get up to U.S. Uh, and European living standards. On a per capita basis, you think they're going to abandon fossil fuels in any meaningful capacity because of a John Kerry Paris climate deal? Did any country dramatically change anything after that? I mean, I mean, the countries that signed on to the Paris Climate Accord, did, did they do anything really? You notice you never hear about that. You never hear anything about it. But this is this is really this is really maniacal. In the Situation Room, there's going to be this is like a national security post. So there's going to be the guy who's like, hey, we got to make sure the Chinese can't sneak attack us with nukes and we'll be you know, rendered unable to respond. There's going to be that guy sitting next to the John Kerry guy who's going to be like, well, uh, 50 years, uh, one degree Celsius raise in temperature. So um, I think we need to have the entire the entire Navy only run on solar power. Let's do that. Th that's that's what's going to happen. I mean, I'm being I'm kind of kidding, but not really. That's what's going to happen. Then you're going to have these reports, just like we have to hear about, you know, how the military is handling gender identity and all this. Just just how we're hearing all this stuff uh, as if that has anything to do with war fighting. Really, we're going to be hearing about climate change. Oh, my gosh. 
I, I wish I could tell. I wish I could protect the country from all of the not just the lunacy, but also the loss, the loss of time, the loss of your the one thing you can. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how successful you are. The one thing you can never get back is time. And these green energy religious nuts, they are not going to stop. They're not going to give this up. They're just going to keep pushing for this. And we're going to have to spend our time saying, no, you're being crazy. Please stop. That's not true. That's not right. Why are you? And that's where we're that's where we're heading. That's where we're heading. And we're and in the background of all this. We're supposed to believe that Trump got about 10 million more votes than he did in 2016. 10 million more votes than he did in 2016. And it wasn't enough. That's what they're telling us. I'm, I'm just going to say this now. I and I know I'm not I'm not pointing to any specific data or anything else. I truly do find that hard to believe that doesn't mean that it's it doesn't mean i can prove that it's not true yet i find that hard to believe i find it hard to believe that democrats lawsuits in the house weren't able yet although georgia is very high concern for me right now but weren't able yet to take senate control and were able to outdo a sitting incumbent president who got 10 million more votes than he did when he won. Uh, that's asking us to. That's asking us to handle a lot. That's asking us to. Go really, really far on this one. And there's just a part of me. I, I, I wish I wish there was some action that we could take to really get to the truth here the the legal team i know i've had different members of the legal team on the show the legal team has been so far unable to cross that threshold for us where we think that this thing might turn around and the the people the end result of this is going to be things like john Kerry, climate czar in the situation room as if that issue as is as important as you know, protecting our borders, uh, protecting our military. That, that's what we're heading for. All because we are being told we have to believe that there were, there were not enough people who voted for Trump, even though 10 million more voted for him this time around. It is difficult to process, friends. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like it's anything other than that. 